and welcome to the boldness. My, my name's Phineas Midge. Joining me in the studio, as he normally does, is the rambling bureaucologist, Raphael Caleb. Hello, Raphael. Well, Finn, it's a rambling biologist. Oh, sorry, sorry about that. Um, and how are you doing, Finn? It's good to see you too. I'm, I'm very well. I'm very well. Uh, I don't know. I don't quite know what I called you, but at least I called you something. Um, I should be a rambling biologist. Ah, um, apologies for, for that. Now, before we go too much further, we should just say that the boldness is all, all about gra- grabbing your human rights, not just waiting for some well-meaning person to give them to you. So what have we got coming up on today's show, Raphael? We have got a very big, exciting show. I was at the launch of the Melbourne Fringe Festival Party last Thursday, and first off, we are talking with Simon Abrahams, Chief Executive Officer and Creative Director of Melbourne Fringe Festival, and Christopher Bryant, Star of Intoxication, which is also playing at Melbourne Fringe Festival, and we should have Simon on the line. Hello, Simon. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm extremely well, Simon. Now, is that... Uh, there's some big news that is coming out of Melbourne Fringe Festival. What is planned from a disability point of view, Simon, with Melbourne Fringe Festival this year? Well, this year we have um, a huge range of uh, exciting shows um, and exhibitions and events that are um, featuring or, or starring artists who are deaf or, or with disabilities. So this year, a huge amount, and I can talk you through some of those. And then we have some big plans coming up um, over the next three years as well. So we can start wherever you like. Okay, well, is that I'd like to keep a little few people in suspense here, is that <laughs> the big news for the next three years, it actually is huge from a disability point of view. But let's talk, but we're in 2017. Let's from a disability point of view... What type of exhibitions and how can people with a disability be involved and what are they going to look forward to, Simon? Oh, great. Well, for starters, um, so Melbourne Fringe, for those who don't know, of course, is, is Melbourne's extraordinary open access festival. And so access is absolutely at the heart of what we do. So um, we've developed a, a really great kind of range of resources and, and um, guides um, so that people can navigate their way through the program. So um, everything's av- available in a range of different formats and the uh, um, website hopefully should, um, uh, every event is listed according to um, its, its different accessibility ratings. So everyone should know um, uh, the, the accessibility of every event before they go there. And that's something we really um, pride ourselves on. And then um, there's some really great work. So Raucous, of course, the amazing um, disability uh, inclusive um, theatre company have a, a, a work that we p- will be presented free um, at Melbourne Fringe. It's called Fanaticus and it takes the form of a, um, a free public installation uh, at QV in the city um, and that's a one-day-only event where we turn um, the QV courtyard into a, a basketball court where anyone can play. And so that's a, a, an event that um, will be free and, and fantastic and there as part of the festival. Well, Simon, as well. the Boldness is actually going to talk to um, Raucous on the 30th of August as well. So right. thank you very much for mentioning uh, Fanaticus. Now, what else is happening with disability in Melbourne Fringe? They'll tell you all about it. Oh, there's there's so much. I mean, I, w- I won't run through all of it. There's um, different theatre. Some people might have seen their work last year. They're a Melbourne-based theatre company that work 
uh, in Auslan um, as opposed to interpreting into Auslan. It begins in Auslan. Um, and this year they're performing the vagina monologues uh, entirely in Auslan. Um, and there's also, a, a, also for our, our deaf community, there's also a, an event called Naughty Hands, um, which is a, a, a fantastic comedy that also takes place in Auslan as its um, primary language. Uh, the other film festival, of course, um, you audiences would know, have some events as well with some brilliant film. Uh, there's an artist called Abby Madden um, with a work called Blindful. Um, and Abby's a really interesting artist born with congenital um, glaucoma, and she's uh, created a, a dance work um, which is quirky and atmospheric and, and really about that relationship of um, between sight and, and um, the environment and power. So there's some really, you know, really interesting work happening in the festival. Now, Simon, I believe there's going to be a tactile exhibition somewhere too to do with touch. That- that's right, yeah. So we have two, actually. So one of them is um, Fringe Furniture, which some people might know, is um, a uh, an exhibition, a visual art exhibition of design. Um, and it's been running uh, for 32, 31 years. My apologies, 31 years. Um, and once again, there's a... Uh, it's a, a major feature of our festival this year. And we have a tactile tour um, where uh, it will be audio described and um, and people can t- can can uh, navigate their way through the exhibition and touch it and feel it and, and have a lead tour um, for people who are blind or visually impaired. We have another work, Pivot, which is a, a big installation, massive installation that will happen in Fed Square that also has a, a tactile tour and an audio description um, and we have a, a fantastic event that will close the festival called Congress um, that also is uh, uh, audio described as well. So there's uh, a number of events that, are, that we're creating either specifically for or making sure they're absolutely accessible to um, people with a, a range of abilities. And speaking of becoming accessible, I think it might be time to let the world know about what might be happening over the next couple of years, Simon. Sure, totally. Well, super excited. Um, We've just uh, secured some funding um, and we'll be putting on a new staff position here at Melbourne Fringe. And that person for the next three years, at least, is how long we've got the money to start with. And that person's entire job will be to um, work closely with members of the deaf and disability communities to build relationships, to support any access needs, um, some funding for uh, access um, costs associated with it. So um, there really will be, uh, we're hoping, an explosion of um, participation in the festival. Anyone can register and be part of the festival. And we're really hoping that um, more and more members of the deaf and disability communities will um, consider bringing some work and, and performing it at Melbourne Fringe. Our guest tonight is Simon Abraham's CEO and Creative Director of Melbourne Fringe. Simon, I have a very simple question for for you. When is the Melbourne Fringe Festival actually on? When's it on? We open on the 14th of September and we run until the 1st of October. So that's two and a half weeks. It is 17 glorious days. Well, is it, that's actually a huge event um, um, in the world of entertainment, two and a half weeks of showcasing of what is actually available in Melbourne. Now, um, with um, individual events, what about if people have got a companion card? Yes, we absolutely accept um, companion cards. So um, our box office is all set up 
all, all completely all set up. So um, companion cards, of course, qualify for a, a second free ticket. Um, and uh, if you have a carer card, um, it qualifies for a concession priced ticket. So um, through our, our booking system, we have... Um, uh, yeah, it's available through through TTY, through Speak and Listen, through anything, uh, the National Relay Service, whatever you would like. We get in touch with us, um, email, phone, in person, and um, we uh, absolutely have um, free tickets for companion cards. Well, what about um, things like uh, disability and group events that say for ten or more people? Yes, we have group price. Um, uh, the number of people that the group price. Um, applies for is different for different shows, but it's all listed on the website exactly how many. So for some, it's um, four people as a group, and some it's six, and some it's ten. Um, but uh, every event in the um, in the guide or in on our website will say um, whether there's group tickets available, if the venue is accessible, if it's Auslan interpreted, if there's assisted listening, if it's audio described. We have relaxed performances, captioned performances. Uh, tactile tours, and also um, each show uh, is listed according to its visual rating as well. So whether there's music or, or dialogue or subtitled or or, um, or whether there's background music. So all of those are kind of... Um, the detail on that accessibility is listed for every single show in the festival. Well, Simon Goes, I'd really like to talk to you for a couple of minutes specifically about this new position, about yeah. the entailment on how... How was this actually? And like, the, and I realised that the funding was granted for three years. Yeah. But like, why did this actually come about, or why did Melbourne Fringe Festival have the foresight to apply for funding to make a position for people with a disability to actually talk straight directly on about how they might become involved? Yeah. So a couple of things. So the first thing to say also is that we'll be advertising that role soon, and um, of course we want. Um, you know, we'd love. Uh, people with disabilities to apply um, to come and work with us here at Melbourne Fringe. Um, that's the first thing. The second thing is we ran, we uh, last year we ran a, a mentorship program. It was called Compass and it was an inclusive program um, and uh, uh, we partnered with Arts Access Victoria to um, create this mentorship program and it was just revolutionary for us um, we worked so closely with, I think it was 11 extraordinary people and um, each was set up with a, an industry mentor and, and we had a kind of weekly or uh, fortnightly workshop process. And so being able to work with these amazing artists just had such a great impact on the, um, the organisation and it really just inspired us to go, um, we want to hear more of these stories and, and connect with um, more people in the community and... Um, we want to bring in some expertise. We want to um, uh, upskill ourselves and our own organisation to be able to do that. Um, and we want to kind of maximise access and accessibility of our festival. So we set about trying to um, find the money and, and uh, you know, we um, we had a really great response from our community, which is so great. I mean, I said that, I mean, it really, really, really is sensational news about how people with disability are getting involved uh, with Melbourne Fringe Festival what about from a point of view, let's say, uh, from practicalities, can people volunteer at Melbourne Fringe Festival? Yes, absolutely. Um, we have uh, um, volunteer applications. Are, they're open at the moment. Um, we have over 200 volunteers and there's a range of um, 
of jobs that people can do from front of house to working behind the bar um, to working at the Fringe Furniture Exhibition and everything in between. Um, once again, we would, um, you know, we're absolutely... Um, would support anyone's access needs to volunteer at the festival. We're particularly interested in any volunteers who might speak Auslan. We have um, so many um, deaf audience members and we're really keen to um, hear from more volunteers who can um, uh, help speak to our amazing audiences as well in their first language, Auslan. So um, absolutely keen to hear from, from anyone. Well, Simon, as we're going to wrap up, um, just here, we've got Christopher Bryant, who's starring in Intoxication. He certainly now, is. Now, can just can you just um, what are the deta- best contact details for Melbourne Fringe Festival with the website, please? Sure. So the website is simply melbournefringe.com.au, and from there um, you can click on. Um, there's an access page. There's a volunteers page. Um, of course, what's on will list the program, but everything is available at melbournefringe.com.au. Okay, thank you very much. We've been talking with Simon Abrahams, Chief Executive Officer of Melbourne Fringe Festival and the Creative De- Director. And it's welcome to the show, Christopher Bryant from Intoxification. Hi. Now, Christopher, tell us about Intoxification. Um, uh, so what would you like to know? Sorry. What? what, what um... So, t- where? How did you? Uh, what's your? What's your? What's your work about? I'm still working that out. So I think partly it's you know like um, which sounds like a cop out answer, but it's uh, so it was um, as I said, it was originally a full production in 2016 um, at the La Mama Courthouse and the the um, Melbourne Midsummer Festival, um, and that was a really good quite full-on time for me so because sort of it was the show that came out of um i had a a near-death experience uh in 2014 i'm sorry i was run over by a car uh in germany um uh i nearly died i got a brain injury a whole bunch of things and so it sort of evolved out of this um collection of stuff that i had written while in hospital um, so it was sort of me trying to make sense of that all. Um, and then the full production was very, very good, but it was also very uh, intensely designed and sort of stylized and directed. So this is sort of me um, with one of my friends, Emma, um, wanting to just sort of cut it back and try and find it. So I guess it's kind of about my attempts to connect with other people in the aftermath of this accident and sort of with um I was diagnosed with post traumatic stress disorder, I got all like all the diagnoses. It was great. Um <laughs> it wasn't great. Um but it's sort of like in the diagnosis of that trying to work out how to reconnect with people again. I don't know, it's very post traumatic but So is it a one person is it one person play or um yes, yeah, so the original one was had uh, three people in it, including myself. Um but this time I just it's just sort of cut down to basically it's just a monologue. And it and so that it it aims to to um to I I guess to, to show your experiences of of uh, just after the accident and also and also coming to terms with it or yeah in a way it's um Emma who is the director um so she's worked with me a bit on it on this new version. Um, it's sort of come out of uh, a lot of things we're reading about um, uh, sort of 
Brene Brown, so like a lot of stuff about like vulnerability and like shame resilience and sort of um, owning your own stories, that kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, I guess yes, in a way, yeah. And uh, intoxication—that's that's a very fr- provocative title. What's what's um what's the reasoning behind that? Um, so it was essentially the again. This comes back to the sort of the bigger version. So the original full production was like seventy minutes. This one's forty minutes. Um, so the original version came out of because. Uh, when I was hit by this car, I was at the time uh, dramaturging for another show at NIDA um, called Rash that is um, about relationships and it's translated from German. Um, and so I had just been sort of dramaturging it and thinking about it a lot. So as I was recovering, parts of the play were like popping up into my mind. Like weirdly, it was one of the first things I remembered beyond like myself and who I was and who my name, what my name was and all those kind of things. Um, so rash translated into English is intoxication. So it sort of just came from there. So what, what obviously you, you were, you were uh, an actor, obviously having go, gone to um, not, neither before your accident and drama t- turkey around the place what um what's your experience of acting like um bef- before you before your abi and now afterward um well i wasn't actually i was i wasn't studying acting i was um a playwright so ah. i was studying playwriting um so i'd sort of done a bit of performing just mostly, mainly in things that I had written myself, because it's sort of the, that thing of I think I know what what's best for me. That sounds really weird. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm okay at writing roles for myself that I can play that like show my strengths. Um, so I'm not like you know I'm not going to be a neighbors or anything like that. I'm not as strong across the board, but I'm good at certain things. And in this case, it was more a, a case of. Um, getting the chance to like reclaim my own story and my experience. Um, yeah. Well, what was, so what were, and what's the, you, you obviously performed it, uh, last year in a, in a full version, but what's the experience been like to, to, ha- to, to show, to show this play, it being a part of, um, your experience and, and to now perform it again in a in a in a in a slight, I guess a, a stripped back version. What what's that? What's what's that process been like? It's been really um, interesting. I think the it's again. I keep referring to this other version, um, <laughs> but uh, just in terms of the differences between the two of them. So although the original production at the courthouse was really good on like a level of it was a good production. Uh, it wasn't actually good for me personally. I had a lot of um, issues with it. Um, I sort of, there. I had this monologue towards the end of the play where it just kind of stopped. And then it was me, this monologue that I had written from within my coma, which sounds really obtuse, but um, it was like fine to do that in the rehearsal room. And then when we got there and there was like an audience of like 60, 70 people, in the dark, I suddenly was like triggering off these sort of weird post-traumatic things, and I, I just it wasn't a great time. So um, I guess the chance to return to the to the piece of work and to cut all that stuff out of it um, has been really good. We we weren't um, 
we we did a test run at uh, this festival called You Are Here in Canberra, um, and that was like an amazing experience. And that was what convinced us to to bring it back to Melbourne and to the Melbourne Fringe, because um, we don't know anyone in in Canberra, so it was great. It was like no loss if it's terrible, okay, well, it's fine. Um, but having the chance to do it then, and I've never been hugged by so many people that I've never met um, or talked. So you're to not them. Jerry Seinfeld. No, no, thankfully. <laughs> Our guest tonight is Christopher Bryant, who is who is written and will be performing intoxication at the this year's Melbourne Fringe. So, what? So, um, what can people? Um, you said you obviously, uh, or you said before that you you haven't quite worked out um, every, everything yet. What, what can people? What can people expect if they? if they come along to your performance? It's, I have a feeling it will be confrontational. Um, Not in the traditional sense where, you know, I'm not going to yell at anyone or anything, but we're sort of, we've cut it back. So it's very like in terms of, you know, the design and everything of it, it's very anti-theatrical house lights up. I'm sort of in, we'll go into the audience at several points locking eyes with people. So it's quite a lot of people, like more people than I really thought of find that quite confronting, I guess. Um, so it's like, yeah, just a lot of emotion. <laughs> do, you, do you think they find the story of um, ABI and trauma from an accident confronting or is it more, more that, um, more that the, the stagecraft craft aspect of, um, you know, coming into the audience and, um, I guess being in people's faces. I think it's more of the second because uh, most of the stuff to do with the actual accident is cut from it, except at the start for this little part to give the context of it. Um, and that was just a decision I made to protect myself because I knew that I wasn't. I I still have a lot to do with it that I haven't quite dealt with. So getting up on stage, excuse me, and forcing myself to go through it wouldn't be the best thing for me. Um, but it's, it's a sort of like, it is about me, but then it's also more broadly just about people's attempts to connect with, with anyone, I guess. Um, and like, yeah, I guess the anxiety of trying to connect with someone in the age of, you know, technology, technology rather. So like Tinder, Grindr, et cetera, ad infinitum. So what, what, what do you hope audiences will, will get out of it? I hope they're entertained, firstly. Um, I think it's an entertaining piece, but, you know, I'm not everyone. Um, And then just I hope to start discussions, whether they're good or bad, whatever they may be. I just am interested in in starting discussions. I think it's stuff that people don't talk about necessarily enough. Well, Christopher, from a writing perspective, is that how difficult was it to write the play after the accident? Um, well, that's interesting because um, it was so. I just I, I had the accident in Germany um, uh, and flew back to to Melbourne. And why I think it was my first rehabilitation thing with my neurologist. He was like, "Don't be surprised if you just don't ever write again, ever." Um, and I'm I'm a very stubborn person. <laughs> when I want to be. Um, And so I kind of went, oh, okay, well, let's see then, and wrote this. I don't think I could have written it unless I was in the early stages of brain injury recovery kind of thing. So it was very, like, 
thing, the way that I wrote it and the process that I wrote it was very um, just sort of pulling things from, from everywhere. It wasn't like a logical uh, uh, like script progression. Um, it's kind of like potential deck, bad playwriting, but yeah. So yeah, it was, it was an interesting experience. I don't think I could do it now, but um, it was really interesting seeing all, finding all this writing um, and then trying to, yeah, make sense of it now and shape it into something that works as a performance piece. Now, I said, I believe that in Toxification, it's described a theme around overcoming fear and anxiety. Mm. Yeah, that's correct. And look, is that, and that's a big part, like from a fear and anxiety point of view, is that, let's say, the experience you had in 2016, a monologue. How long was a monologue for? And what's it like doing a monologue in front of a lot, 60, 70 people? Um, so in terms of the earlier version, do you mean? Yeah, like is that uh, fear and anxiety and actually doing a monologue? Uh, yeah, um, I don't find fear and anxiety in performing. Like I get the sort of jitters before doing the performing, but then it sort of, it goes away. Um, I think it sort of, it was, yeah, I don't know. It was a bit of a, a couple factors. Firstly, um, a lot of just anxiety and being overwhelmed from the brain injury itself. Um, so like that was sort of setting me off not as badly anymore, but it was. Um, and then I think just the, uh, the sort of post traumatic stress, I guess of, um, having to, to relive all this, um, in, in theatre, sort of for someone else's entertainment. Um, the effect of having people who I didn't really know watch and, you know, my brain was like, everyone's judging you, they're going to kill you. And it was like, that's completely like not true, but in, the, in that time I was mentally unwell. <laughs> well, more than, yeah. So if people, just to wrap up, Christopher, because we're, we're sadly running fast out of time, if people want to come and see your play intoxication which you're um which you've written and you're starring in of course at the melbourne fringe when and where can they see it um so that is september 15th uh which is a friday i believe not even i believe it is a friday um running to the 22nd um so i think it's friday to friday or maybe saturday i should know that but i don't um and no show monday um and where's it, where's it on? Um, so it's on at the Sun of Loft at the Lithuanian Club. Um, and it's on at 6.30 each night, except for Sundays, which it's on at 5.30. And then the Lithuanian Club's in South... Mel- no, North Melbourne. North Melbourne? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. North Melbourne. Um, so if people uh, want more information, I guess they can go to the Melbourne Fringe website. Yep. And look for... Int- Tossification. Yeah, just type that in and you'll, we'll, I'll be there. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much for coming in tonight all the way into the studio, Christopher. <laughs> That's okay. Thank you very much for having me. And our guest tonight has been Christopher Bryant, who's written and perform, performing in Intoxication, happening as part of this year's Melbourne Fringe Festival. Thanks, Christopher. Thank you. And earlier tonight, we were talking with Simon Abrahams, Chief Executive Officer of Melbourne Fringe Festival 2. And uh, so uh, just before we get out of here, what, what uh, do we have a final track we're playing? Yes, we do. Is that um, Andy D 
the techno wizard has aptly chosen a great song from Melbourne Fringe Festival. It's called Carnival Craze because Melbourne Fringe Festival is like a carnival craze to Melbourne by a band called Media Hitting Earth. We're going to be back on the 30th of August and we're talking actually with Abby Madding and a couple of actors from Raucous about Fanaticus on the 30th of August at 6 o'clock. Next up is Tamil Voices. Fantastic. And before we get out of here, I just want to also mention that the reimagined uh, Elephant Man is on at the Malthouse Theatre at the moment, which has a lot of people with disabilities in it. So I urge people to get along to see that. Um, that's on at the Malthouse. So get tickets through the Malthouse for the reimagined Elephant Man. We're off. Thanks, guys. See you later. Yeah. Feel the teeth.